You're listening to What's the Rumpus? Shh. Geeks in progress. Her webpage is whatstherumpuspodcast.com where you can listen to episodes or join in the off-air discussion in the forums. Our theme music is Better Nation by Curious Hands, which can be found at podsafeaudio.com. Submit and vote for stories at whatstherumpus.reddit.com. That's R-E-D-D-I-T dot com. Welcome to another episode of What's the Rumpus. I'm Adrian Hanna. Alan Neese. I am Charles Thomas. <laughs> and as you can tell, we've uh, changed things up a little bit. I apologize for my super big head. My <laughs> That's it, what she said. <laughs> my uh, my webcam is um, ridiculous. Two dollars on eBay. <laughs> At least it's showing your face this time. That's true. It was uh, <laughs> last clung. time. It was just showing a close up of the wall. Yeah, it was pretty lame. So, yeah. The internet is for porn. And, and also, uh, this week, Disney purchased uh, Lucas Films from George really Lucas. Because we keep showing it on camera. What's that? My face is really itchy because I know it's on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, this uh, week... Yeah, Lucas bought... No, Disney bought Lucas. Yeah, Disney bought, bought Lucas Films, and, uh, and they uh, immediately announced a Star Wars Episode Seven so that they can make a new film that will start uh, or come out like 2015, I think they said. Um, and yeah. they actually, from what I've read and in these, this article that I, uh, it will be in the show notes, it, it actually says that uh, the focus will be on the original characters. So they plan on bringing back the original cast, which is, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Because have you seen Mark Hamill lately? No. That looks scary. Does he look like the Joker? Because that's how I imagine him. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but anyways, they it's supposed to be, you know, years and years in the future so that, you know, obviously they can say, hey, bring in some creepy old fuckers and make a movie out of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought, what so... As I understand it, Star Trek was always imagined as a trilogy of trilogies. And so Episode 7 has been supposed to have existed all this time. But it's pretty clear from watching Episodes 1, 2, and 3 that George Lucas was pulling the story out of his ass when he was making them. So... Is that what happened with this other one, too? Or, like, was this planned at some point? Because, like, you would think that if he started in the middle, he would have at least had some idea of where it was going to go after that. Maybe if you didn't have the before part ironed out. Well, from what I read, the ba- it's basically the uh, they're based, the movies, because they, they're assuming that, or they're saying that it's going to be 7, 8, 9. They're saying that these movies are going to be uh, based on drafts that were written by George Lucas. Um, okay. They actually specifically said that that uh, um, that they're going to reference George Lucas for uh, creative aspects of the of the movies, but they're basically uh, they're basically cutting him out from any control over how the movies are are made at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, what was another? Oh, they listed off somebody from within Disney actually uh, talked with the person that wrote this article uh, and s- laid out some of the names that were being tossed around for this. Uh, the So for who they're thinking about for uh, directing this movie is, is going to be one of the following people, potentially, and that's Steven Spielberg, Neil, Neil Blomkamp, who did District 9. Interesting. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron, who did Children of Men. Interesting. 
uh, Matthew Vaughn, who did Kick-Ass. Boo. Darren Aronofsky, who did The Fountain. Okay. And Joss Whedon, who huh. did Serenity and uh, The Avengers. If it's not Joss Whedon, they're making a mistake. I agree with that. <laughs> It, like, there's, he's the king of nerds. You can't not Whedon. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes, that's true. You, you can't not Whedon. Um, so, yeah, this, I, and I, it's, it's interesting because I've seen a lot of things on the, the internet over the last week or whatever since it, uh, since this news was announced, uh, that's for, you know, either, either camp, you know, basically saying, oh no, Disney's going to ruin everything. And other people saying, yay, Disney got a hold of it. Finally, Star Wars is going to be good again. Yeah. I don't know. I think no matter what happens, no one's going to be, I mean, th- it's not possible for anyone to be satisfied by this movie that's true it's, um, I mean this movie is is so f- fundamental in in geekdom that uh, if you uh, it doesn't matter what you do with it, it it's gonna piss somebody off and it's gonna piss off and it's gonna piss off the the, the type of person that's not gonna stop talking about how much it pissed them off so yeah I mean like we're at a point where the only way to make a Star Wars movie that doesn't piss everyone off is basically if you do what JJ Abrams did with the Star Trek remake and just like spin it off as an alternate universe yeah that's that's true um, yeah, or take like completely different characters that have nothing to do with anything. But then again, you're still gonna get some somebody that's gonna be like, "Oh, that guy's uniform is wrong because it's supposed to have a red pinstripe instead of a yellow pinstripe." Right? Yeah. It's first of all, people are way too into these movies. Um, but second, yeah, it, like there's just you you can't please all the people all the time. And last night, all those people were at my show. <laughs> As with everything in life, it comes down to a Mitch Hedberg joke. Yes, indeed. I think I'm going to print up a giant ASCII dog banner to hang behind my head when we finish when we record these. <laughs> Boop. Insert penis here. Make sure none of my person was in the shot when I said that. <laughs> All right. Now moving on. Netflix caught stealing DivX subtitles for from Finnish pirates. OMG ponies! Oh no! So I uh, should have stole them from incomplete pirates. <laughs> Boo! There was no way to make that joke funny. That's true. I thought it was funny, <laughs> but that's me. So yeah, so they uh, what Netflix has been doing is apparently is they've been stealing uh, subtitles because uh, you can make a subtitle file for a, for a movie without hard coding it into the movie. So that way you can load up different languages or whatever based on on the file that you have. And they've been using these as their subtitle files in in their streaming app. Uh, but apparently they failed to remove the references to the pirate site that created the subtitles. <laughs> so that's how they got caught. Womp womp. I was going to ask, how, like, how do you even get caught doing that? Because you would think that if... Unless unless people are... And this is totally reasonable. I wouldn't be surprised. People putting in mistakes intentionally so that they can find their shit later. But other right. than that, like, how would you know? But I guess that's how. Yeah. When, when, when your subtitles at the end of the movie say, please visit www.finishedpirates.com... <laughs> You're that's generally awesome. uh, you're generally busted. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 pretty funny. But there's not a lot to talk about with that. So moving on, uh, some dude uh, open sourced his DNA using GitHub and twenty three and Me and twenty three and Me. Yeah, this is super awesome. He actually. So if you look at the repo, it's um, the the repository is called Life, and it's not just his DNA, but that's the most interesting thing in it. 
So it's actually it says my life as a Git repository from my birthday uh, to now, and he has like his birthday as a commit. <laughs> <laughs> Did he modify it so that the time is correct? His wait a minute. His oh no, maybe that's his name. Yeah. So if you look at the <laughs> there's a um, the initial commit there's a manifest which includes his name and location of where he was born. And then there's a bunch of... Uh, he must have modified the commit so that... Um, because it says that it was authored 25 years ago. That's a, that's a hell of a thing to uh, Before author. Git or GitHub existed. And you. Yeah. I, I made a commit on the day I was born. Yeah. Lead hacks or... Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, the, the DNA is the thing that contains the most data. He also has his resume in the repository too. Oh, really? Yeah, it's resume.md in the in the root of the. Oh yeah, there it is. Wait, what? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It's kind of kind of scary, you know, the fact that you have all of your DNA. I mean, there's not really anything you can do with that yet. Yet, but once there is, this guy's gonna be. Uh, Sorry that he did this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it's really cool, but I, I like. I'm sure that somehow it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. I just don't know how. <laughs> this, this, what, I, this says there's eleven branches, but and I was like, what? How do you make eleven branches? But then it, the, all of the branches apparently have been merged back into master. So uh, wait, no, yeah. Branches, all my apps: Conex, Dakar, Forgetbox, Game, Majority, Master, Play Media, Study, WaterQuest, Work. You're just saying words. <laughs> What, what is this? I, I don't understand. This is crazy. What? What? I, there's nothing different between all of these branches. I'm confused. This guy sucks, but not really. Well, if they've all been merged back into master, then there wouldn't be any differences, would there? Uh, that's true. But anyways, DNA, lots of it. It's several. It's like 21 kilobytes or something like that. So, which is impressive. Lots of lots of DNA on the internet, and not just his. <laughs> I'm trying to... Never mind. Porn joke. hey Yeah. There's a... Yeah, there's a joke in there somewhere, but I I don't know. I'm so out of whack. Like, I've barely left my couch in the last 10 days because of the hurricane. Anywho, Google Maps now has Amber Alerts on it, apparently. I couldn't get it to work, but... Uh... Apparently, you can find you can see Amber Alerts on Google Maps. That's pretty awesome. That's a really cool idea. It is a really cool idea if it actually worked, but I couldn't make it work. Well, maybe there were no Amber Alerts. Did you try stealing an Amber? Maybe <laughs> then you would be able to see it. It's true. I didn't steal an Amber. I fail it. No, I uh, I tried typing in Amber Alert, and all it gave me was the the location for the Amber Amber Alert Center. So so I, I guess this it's the center where all of the people who kidnap kids take the kids after they steal them. Oh, that so I guess that works. Me. Yeah, but other than that, I don't know. I, maybe you have to type in a specific kid's name or something, but that doesn't seem like a, um, a legitimate use of that. Since you're if you're looking for Amber Amber Alerts in your area, why wouldn't you just go to Google Maps and say Amber Alerts? get a thing but i don't know they just implemented it like wednesday last wednesday so it could just be that it's not actually implemented and they just announced it or there's some weird thing going on or you have to opt in or i don't know what it is but right now it's not easy to do however it is if anybody figures it out you can let me know and i would be happy to uh, update peoples on how that works but as of right now i don't know how it works it's voodoo magic 
But it's a good idea. I agree that that's a really good idea, and that's actually a really good uh, implementation of uh, Google Maps or any map software, really. Uh, yeah. Just having an overlay like that it would, is pretty cool. Agreed. Yeah, this. I mean, we just talked the other day about uh, the 404 pages with missing children. It, like, anytime you can make it easier for people to find missing stuff, I, I'm like, missing stuff, missing people. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm saying. I'm trying to say something pro this thing, but nothing's really coming out. Google, where's my left sock? It was up your butt, you'd know. That is not helpful, Google. Stop being a douche. Look at the top of my head. <laughs> No, I'm not gonna, and you can't make me. All right. Uh, Kindle users or Kindle user claims Amazon deleted a whole library without a, without explanation. So this woman had a Kindle, and one day it just stopped working, and she got a hold of Amazon about it because it said that her account had been uh, or the, her Kindle had uh, been revoked access to her account and uh, and had also been remotely wiped so she couldn't like even she couldn't even read books that were on her Kindle anymore because they weren't there uh, she got a hold of Amazon about it and they were like meh well we don't know basically uh, they they gave her the uh, the customer service of the Diana fire uh, response which was we wish you luck in locating a retailer better able to meet your needs and will not be able to offer any additional insight or action on these matters. Um, since this article came out about this, uh, her Kindle was magically reactivated and all of her content was magically uh, uh, placed back on the Kindle um, with no real explanation as to why. Um, and then further, they actually did send send her an apology. Um, basically, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know exactly exactly what it said. Basically, uh, she also said that, you know, it, it, it wasn't really that strange for her because she lives in Norway. She bought the Kindle in the UK. Uh, she paid for, she bought books and paid for books and everything um, with a Norwegian address and Norwegian credit card. And then uh, she found out there was a defect with the Kindle and got a hold of customer service. And they said that they would replace it for her because of the defect. But then and she insisted on having it sent to a UK address, and somehow she she said that that probably triggered some kind of weird thing with their. Yeah, that sounds like some sort of weird scammy thing. Even though I don't know how you would be scamming it, but it's it. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this is a fairly reasonable thing to happen. Um, that like they thought like, oh my god, this this is there's some weird nonsense going on with this Kindle. Obviously, we should. I mean. Something weird is going on, but rather than like investigating, they just shut it out completely, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't know. Maybe they thought that it was some pirate site that like was buying books to figure out how to decode the files or something. I don't know. Um, but what really blows me away is that they like wouldn't even tell the. Re that it's like, yeah, we we in our terms of service, we can shut this off whenever we want to. So we did. Um, I really really like s services instead of stuff. Like, I like that on my Kindle I can fit my entire library on this thing, and, you know, I don't have, a, I, I have, like, maybe 15 books in my house that I actually have to deal with, but I have, like, thousands on my Kindle, and the, and the same with Netflix, like, if I don't want to have to have a Brazilian DVDs just to watch stuff, I can just fire up Netflix for eight bucks a month. My problem is once they revoke your service, you're totally fucked. <laughs> 
Like, um, going back to Amazon, actually, I've been buying a bunch of TV shows on Amazon to watch them as they air because they're not available on Hulu, and I don't want to wait for Netflix. But if, for some reason, Netflix suspects me, of, or Amazon suspects me of something, they could shut off all my access to all those shows that I paid, you know, at this point, hundreds of dollars for, and there's nothing I can say or do about it. Or if, by some weird catastrophe, Amazon goes out of business tomorrow, then I lose all of that data, too. It's like, it's the, the, the flaw inherent with these streaming services that, you know, no one really talks about. About, and there's not a lot you can do about except hope that they don't go out of business. Yeah, that's why I really like the uh, um, uh, like the DRM free stuff that you can get because even if the service goes away, then you still, still have yeah. that thing. And and that's that's kind of one of the things why I was reticent about doing anything with Kindle at first was because you know everything that went on the on the Kindle was DRM'd and and you know I finally just got over it because it was like you know I can have a thousand books and put them on my Kindle and still have just this tiny little thing that I carry around with me and yeah I mean with books I don't really care that much because I very rarely read a book more than once um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Animal Farm I think are the only books that I've ever read more than one time. Um, so if if for some reason all my Kindle books go away, I don't really care because there's maybe two or three that I've bought that I haven't read yet or I'm in the process of reading. And so that doesn't bother me that much. But when it comes to... And so Amazon with music is actually awesome because they do their all their MP3s DRM-free. So you can download them as soon as you buy them and put them on whatever you want with completely without restrictions and you can stream them from their site. So I usually make it a point to download them as soon as I buy them, but usually I play them from the browser... So I don't have to carry lug them around with me, lug them around with me. Um, but the problem with their video service is there's nothing like that. Like the only way that you can watch Amazon videos downloaded is on a Kindle Fire. Um, so any other way you want to watch them, you have to stream them, which sucks. Right. Because, like, I, I have a MacBook Air and I travel a lot, like, you know, five, six times a year. It would be, I guess that's not a lot, but it's significant. But I would like to be able to, you know, oh, well, I, do, I bought the last season of Justified and I paid, you know, out the ass for it, like 30 bucks or something like that. It seems reasonable to me that I should be able to watch it on an airplane or a train or something. But yeah, totally. not unless I buy a Kindle fucking Fire, which sucks. Yeah, totally. I, I, not the Kindle Fire. I've never seen a Kindle Fire in my life, but um, the fact that I can't put them on anything but a Kindle Fire sucks. Right. Right. Yeah. I. And what? What? The other thing that really bothers me about this is that 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 uh, Amazon has the ability to remotely wipe your. Uh, your Kindle. I yeah, mean, that's really shitty too. You know, if you paid for something, I mean, granted, you know, the the assumption is is that 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 you have uh, your Amazon account attached to your Kindle, and you are using that Amazon account to buy things. And if somebody steals your your Kindle, they have basically have access to your Amazon account to be able to purchase whatever they want. But I mean, you know, if you just revoke access to the to the Kindle, who cares if they read whatever's already on there? Yeah. Big deal. Yeah, actually, that's kind of funny. I um, so I bought the new paper, paper, no, not paper white. <laughs> no, paper white. Um, and I gave my other Kindle to a friend of mine. And when I deauthorized the my old one, it didn't actually delete the books off of there. So deactivating the Kindle is not the same as wiping it. So it must happen in two steps. Because I I'm, I'm still trying to convert her to libertarianism. So I left a bunch of shit on there, like the Ron, the Ron Paul book from one of the guys at Reason.com, and a bunch of things that I clipped with readability about either Gary Johnson or how the other two candidates suck. But um, but I had for some reason I had the option to remove or not remove that stuff. I don't know why. 
Yeah, that's I, that, and that's how it should be. I mean, it shouldn't just be like... No, yeah, oh, well, it should, but I mean, I, well, I guess my point was deactivating a Kindle is not the same as deactivating and remote wiping. It's not like a all-or-nothing thing, right. which means they must have been really pissed when, <laughs> when they wiped their shit. <laughs> yeah. Yahoo has decided that they will not be honoring the do not track request issued by Internet Explorer 10. Uh, this is bullshit. I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the uh, Internet Explorer 10 has uh, has it set up so that um, by default you can uh, or, yeah by default when you when you run Internet Explorer 10 oh, it, the mustache tracks pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, your story was totally not boring. Please continue. <laughs> so so Internet Explorer 10 has has by default set to to tell cookies and websites that issue cookies to fuck off when uh, when when they try and give you a cookie that that uh, tracks your crap on the internet, oh, okay. um, and it's it's something that 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 it, for for once Microsoft is is the first at I'm pretty sure in that they're saying you know you know with Internet Explorer by default as in this is an opt out feature you have it will tell websites not to give you cookies for uh, tracking purposes. Okay. So uh, Yahoo is officially saying fuck off. We're gonna just ignore that signal because that's one of the things that it can do because I, I, I don't I don't know exactly how it works but apparently Internet Explorer 10 can't just say flat out no don't give me the cookie but it can say hey if you're going to give me a tracking cookie I'd rather you didn't and then the website goes oh this is a tracking cookie so I'm not going to give it to you um, Yahoo's saying we're not going to pay attention to that we're going to give you the cookie no matter what so fuck you and this... their, re- their reasoning for it is that that the, uh, the, the do not track uh, signal can be easily abused and I'm doing air quotes here. Uh, it's it, it, there. I don't know how you could abuse that in a bad way. Um, that's fucking stupid. And basically, they're saying, "Oh yeah, this thing can be easily abused." For example, what we're doing with it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, like, proper browsers for a really long time have had the ability to accept or or deny cookies, like, completely, just like, accept all cookies, accept no cookies, accept cookies from this source, accept cookies except from this source. So, I don't, like, I've seen a lot of people pushing this do not track stuff, but I don't get why it's all of a sudden important now, and I don't understand why it matters. Like, if people don't want to be tracked, there are plenty of mechanisms out there for them to opt out of it on their side. So why should we expect people to forcibly opt out on behalf of the user? Like, I don't understand why this is my, uh, Yahoo's responsibility. Uh, the reason that this is a big thing is because because anything up till this point has not been opt out. Like, there's no browser that, that by default won't allow you to um, not be tracked by cookies. Uh, so, it, and basically the the big issue is not so much the, the not being tracked thing, because yeah, there are lots of ways to not do that, or, or to not be tracked by these cookies. The The problem is, is that, or the, the issue, I shouldn't say the problem, the issue is that the Internet Explorer or Microsoft said, you know what? We don't think that this should be a default. We don't think that people should be tracking you by default. And since we hold a market share in in you know the browser space, it's kind of our responsibility to make this a thing. So by default, we're going to say no, don't do this, so that those people that are uninitiated, that don't know any better, are by default not being tracked. And that's that's what the big problem is, is because everybody's saying you should do or you shouldn't do this. You should not be tracked by cookies. You shouldn't allow cookies to track you. And so those of us that are those people like us that are are 
are actually aware of what's going on and and understand the the, the problems with this, we go and we do stuff to say no, I'm not going to be tracked by cookies. Whereas the the somnambulant masses don't know any better, and so they just do whatever the browser is set by default to do. And so since IE10 says no, don't do this, everyone's going whoa, this is not cool. You can't do that. Okay, I guess I still don't care. <laughs> Alrighty. Wikipedia is nearing completion. Bullshit. <laughs> There's an orgasm joke in there somewhere. Yep, that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm almost there, Wikipedia. I'm almost there, Wikipedia. <laughs> Anywho, uh, what what they're saying is that uh, they they did some uh, some research on on edits on the articles and uh, they used the War of 1812 page as an instance and they said back in 2008 623,000 uh, people viewed it, whereas now 434,000 people viewed it. Um, and back in 2008 there were over. 3,000 editors on the page uh, and now they're down to about 28 editors on the page. Uh, it basically, they're just saying that that the uh, the number of edits are dwindling, the number of editors that are watching pages are dwindling and uh, it's just basically because they, they said that, that at uh, at 100,000 articles, uh, any encyclopedia can be considered you know complete or a, a good measure of, of the, the information that can be conveyed on uh, and Wikipedia is at like over four million articles or something like that. So they're basically saying that at, even though there is new information that comes out every day uh, and new articles to be made every day, there's it's significantly less than there ever has been in the, in the past. So Wikipedia is basically like ninety nine point nine nine percent done. So there are two ways to interpret this, and one one is that we've run out of stuff to document. The other is people are bored with Wikipedia and they're doing other stuff. It sounds like it's more the former than the latter, but I don't think it's not both. Right. Well, yeah, they're they're basically yeah they're basically saying that that uh, it's the um, that 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 there's there's not really much else that they can document. Um, and really, what it comes down to at this point is that what they need to do is get the editors to start uh, documenting in a more polished manner. Like right now, uh, Wikipedia articles are not. Um, they don't call the, they don't consider them to be scholarly or mature scholarly wise. Um, I don't know exactly how to say that, but uh, <laughs> there might be a more clumsy way to say that, but I doubt it. <laughs> well, that's what I'm good at is finding the not they're the most clumsy way to say something. Um, there is somebody driving a dirt bike outside of my house. <laughs> Anyhow, boring again. There is a uh, the, the 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 like comparing Wikipedia to a traditional encyclopedia, uh, the articles aren't written in a truly scholarly fashion. So what the, what what they're saying is that that since there's not a lot to write about anymore content wise, what they what these editors should be doing is like brushing up the language and polishing up the articles so that they are more scholarly and they they, they tend to reflect the way that encyclopedias are actually written. Gotcha. Um, and that way that way they can have, you know, they can actually compete with Encyclopedia Britannica or any other uh, encyclopedia brand that there is out there that I have no idea what they are. Right. Okay. That's interesting. And uh, also, of course, current events, like documenting stuff as it happens. Right. Right. 
And since we haven't really talked that much about Hurricane Sandy yet, uh, a a man named Isaiah Triforce Johnson. Uh, Triforce was, is not his real middle name, is it? Yes, it really is his real middle name. <laughs> Man, his parents are nerds, probably. Well, it's like uh, uh, Robin Williams' daughter's name is Zelda, and it's actually Zelda from The Legend of Zelda because Robin Williams and his wife were obsessed with that game when it came out, and like they didn't leave the house when uh, until they finished the game, and then when they had a kid, they named it after the princess from the game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this guy is like is like I guess really it's good into- that it was a female. <laughs> well, if it would have been mailed, so, my name is Link. Like, I have the dumbest name of all time. <laughs> so does that mean if you gave him a lot of Mountain Dew, he would be Hyperlink? Boo! <laughs> that joke was bad, and you should feel bad. Well, I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can see this because I'm doing it as hard as I can. <laughs> Anyways, Link uh, was the only person lined up to buy a Wii U. No, what? What? Triforce. Yeah. Did you say Wii U? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we contrast. <laughs> Anyways, this stupid thing that nobody really actually wants except for uh, the Legend of Zelda guy, um, He, because he was the only person that was lined up for it, and then Hurricane Sandy hit, and security told him to get the fuck out because there was a hurricane coming, and he was all mad because he had to get out of line, even though he was literally the only person in line for it. Okay, <laughs> this thing this thing doesn't even launch until two weeks from today. Yeah, yeah. November 18th is the... Who is, gives that much of a shit about Nintendo anymore? <laughs> Uh, I haven't been excited about a Nintendo console since SNES. Nintendo 64 was pretty rad. Eh. Anyways, uh, th- this guy was all uh, all butthurt because he couldn't stay in line through the hurricane. <laughs> on the bright side, he's probably still alive. That's or true. on the downside, I'm not really sure. Him, oh, that's, bright that's, side, us. Nah. Yeah, that's very true. Anyways, he uh, so he was worried about it, and the store told him that the that supposedly the line the uh, the line will be suspended uh, until after the hurricane and and he can come back and resume his place. So they're not going to let anybody, apparently they're not going to let anybody stand in line for the Wii U until this dude gets back. Or they can stand in line, but he got he has dibs on first spot. So um, good for him, I guess? Yeah. Although, like, if I were him, I would show up at like 11.50 on the... <laughs> 17th and be like, sup, I'm Triforce. Give me my spot in line. Motherfucker! <laughs> yes! Sorry, Isaiah. Your princess is in another castle. Wait, Ooh. wrong game. Alright. EFF and others push for open Wi-Fi access points everywhere. Uh, so basically, the EFF and a bunch of other groups have gotten together with uh, each other. That was not where I wanted to go with that. The EFF <laughs> and a bunch of other groups have gotten together and they're trying to get uh, um, everybody to adopt the open wireless movement, which is not a bowel movement. Is this something other than not locking your access point? No, nope, that's exactly what it is. Okay. I thought it was something different when I when I first read about this. I was like, oh, that's cool. We'll, we'll get access points everywhere, and then if I need uh, wireless outside of what I have in my house, I can use that, and that'll be great. And Except for it's not that at all. It's, hey, everybody, you should not have encrypt, you should not encrypt your, uh, your wireless access points ever anywhere. So that way, everybody can use anybody's wireless that they want to. I'm not really sure how I feel about this. Yeah, I'm... 
I'm kind of conflicted about it too. I, I I feel like it's it's a good idea because because then you know you don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to get Wi-Fi anywhere. You're just going to have it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, if I have Wi-Fi in my house, a is somebody just sitting on my Wi-Fi so they can snoop things and try and figure out what I'm doing and steal my data? And B is somebody just using my access point so that they can do illegal downloads and then blame me for it? You know, it's well, those- I, I'm a, I, honestly not really concerned with either of those things because I would just put the access point outside of a firewall and there have been court rulings uh, against that argument. Like, you know, IP isn't enough. Um, And I'm sure that because it's the EFF, I'm sure that they reference those in this thing. But what gets me is like I live in an apartment building with like hundreds of hundreds of apartments and at least hundreds of people. And I like if some passerby is like, fuck, I need Wi-Fi and they want to use my shit. That's fine. But if some neighbor is like, hey, we don't have to buy Wi-Fi because this asshole has his access point open. And then they're just like constantly mooching my bandwidth then I have a problem. Like, I don't give... I'm not concerned about privacy or data theft or anything like that. My only concern is I want to be able to do the shit on the internet that I always do. Like, I guess if I had Fios, I wouldn't care because it would be fast enough to sustain a bunch of moochers anyway. But I have, like, shitty cable and it barely works when it's locked. (laughs) So... I don't know. There's there uh, there's actually a service, or at least there was. I I don't remember how long ago this was, but it was when I was in college, um, and it was uh, a Spanish uh, telecom company that did that did this. Oh they, yeah, yeah, I remember this. And it was a uh, it was a. Um, the service was basically you you bought you bought one of their hotspots. I think and, they gave you a hotspot for free, actually. Yeah, yeah. You sign up for the service and you pay a little bit of money per month. I mean, it wasn't any anything different than what you would pay for um, internet normally. Internet normally, and so then basically what you're doing is uh, you use your 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 internet and it and it's fine, and you've got this hotspot that you can get on the internet with. And that, but then if you go out of town or you go downtown or you go somewhere else other than your house, and somebody else has this this same service then you can hop on their hotspot and use their hotspot to do whatever you need to do um and then and it's it's a global thing so like you could literally go anywhere and as long as there's somebody there who has that hotspot you just use your username and password to connect to their hotspot and then you have internet i actually i like that idea a lot more than i like the open wi-fi idea the only problem is then you run into like oh well this service is more popular in this region but this one is more popular in this region and i have this one and it's not popular here so all these people are I have access to my stuff but I can't actually use it any, like then it becomes a problem what would be really nice is if there was some sort of way to give out like temporary passwords and like uh, this technology might exist already but like you get a DHCP lease for three hours and after that lease expires your MAC address is blocked for 15 days that would be I think the best solution to my concerns about open Wi-Fi, like connect all you want, but don't leech my shit. Right. Or you're you're you get you have like a, a bandwidth cap. You say you're you're allowed to download. You're you're allowed to use like a gigabyte of data off of my Wi-Fi, and then you're blocked for 15 days. Yeah. Or something like that. That would be pretty cool. That would yeah. that would work. Well, but and then prefer- I'd probably have to enable QoS too to make sure that I still had priority. Right. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, if I enable QoS, I probably wouldn't even give a shit about the rest of it. Yeah. Like you get if you if if you would rather steal my f- speed that locks you down to fourteen four, then you go ahead and don't pay internet anymore. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. As long as you don't don't uh, don't mind me fucking with you occasionally and turning all of your <laughs> yeah. images upside down, yeah. then that's cool. 
All right, moving on. The Netherlands is getting glow-in-the-dark highways. Cool. Yeah, actually, actually, it's way cooler than it sounds. Um, so to to begin with, they're 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 planning on making uh, these highways so that they have glow-in-the-dark paint on them, so it's easier to see in the dark. So well, you're that like a no-brainer. Why is it yeah. taking this long to figure that out? I I don't know, but apparently. Okay, so so they're making the making it so you're driving down the road in the middle of the night and you have your headlights on and you can still see the road way ahead of where where you're at and where your 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 headlights can see because it's glow in the dark. It's not bright. It's bright enough that you can see it, but not enough to right. deter your your night vision, etc., like that. Right. However, on top of that, they have developed special glow in the dark paint that will activate under certain conditions. For instance, uh, if you if it's uh, they have paint that they're setting up so that they have mile marker or marker signs on the side of the road and if it gets below a certain temperature is the only time that those that this paint will activate so if it gets under like like zero if it gets below zero or below zero centigrade or 32 degrees fahrenheit it will activate and then you'll see these blue dots on the side of the road and that's basically saying hey it's cold as fuck out if the road might be icy so you need to be careful and they've got a bunch of other paints that they've developed for other things as well so then you can just be driving along and they have all of these alerts that they don't even have to worry about it's just there it's so you know I don't even know how to what other ones they have that was the only instance they gave but it's all uh, most of it is all weather related Mm -hmm. so maybe like moisture related so if it's if it's damp enough then it'll say hey it's probably raining you should turn your headlights on even though it's bright out or whatever but that's pretty pretty rad yeah that's really cool that's a really good idea Leave it, leave it to the Dutch. To I think we bored Colin to sleep. Oh, never mind. There he is. He's looking at his donger. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. He's just going to drink more eggnog. Oh, man. Eggnog is already a thing? Yeah. Oh. Awesome. You know eggnog, that eggnog, motherfucking eggnog shakes at McDonald's. <laughs> there's, an, there, there's an eggnog shake right near our office. <laughs> I mean, a McDonald's right there's near our office. There's an eggnog shake in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Pull to activate. Is it like that, uh, the, the monster for the ladies? Nutmeg. <laughs> the monster for the ladies that tastes yes. like squirt? Yes. I can't believe that no, she didn't pick up on that. Totally. I, to be honest, I didn't pick up on it until you said something about it. And oh, I was really? like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> ladies monster tastes like squirt. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's marketed to ladies because it tastes like squirt. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Either way, it's disgusting. Fatty boom boom. All right. Uh, back to the EFF. They want uh, Ubuntu to disable online search by default. Uh, the newest version of Ubuntu, which is 12.10, came out, and uh, apparently it's got it's in the when you search uh, in the operating system. Part of what gets brought up is Amazon products, and it's through Amazon. It's an affiliate account, so you know you click on a link for whatever, and it you go and if you buy it, then then uh, Canonical gets some money for it. Um, the EFF is saying, hey, that's messed up. It could uh, um, cause data leaks uh, and we don't like it, so you should have that turned off by default. Yeah, I don't know. The, um, I love the EFF, but this seems to me that it's none of their goddamn business. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'd, like, promote, promoting open Wi-Fi standard right in your wheelhouse. Telling Ubuntu what they should and should not include in their own operating system? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's like, you know, what's the difference between Ubuntu and a website. 
you know what why 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 can a website do Amazon uh, affiliate links and and Ubuntu can't I mean especially when you know it's very clearly not just like oh hey I mean I don't I don't even understand like if you do a search for like a program and all of a sudden something pops up for like a, a, a USB microphone it's not like you're gonna click on it and go there's a USB microphone on my on my computer and you go to Ubuntu and it goes oh I gotta click on this to unlock it no, no, that's not what's happening. It's yeah. like, you, like, so if this was a non-Linux operating system, I could see that being an issue. But like, if you're in, even even Ubuntu, which is arguably the most prolific and easiest to install, you still are intentional. You're still semi-knowledgeable enough to know either that that's an affiliate link, or you're dealing with a situation where you're going to have a proper admin who's just going to shut it off anyway. Right. Well, it, and it's not even the incorporated search. It's it's uh it's it you know it's like in its own area. So you do a search and it's like oh by the way on Amazon you should look check out these things. Where is the search anyway? Are you talking about like when you pop open the menu to search for like a program? Or are you talking about like if I do a web search? I am not sure okay. what this is. So I mean one e either way I understand EFF's point and I don't think it should be enabled by default. But at the same time I don't think it's any of their business to tell Ubuntu that. It's uh, it says inclusion of Amazon product listings alongside local search results. So I would imagine it's when you search oh, for you do like a file search. Yeah, that's a really weird thing to do. Yeah, but I mean it's canonical, and if they need to make some money, you know, yeah. why not do that? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean do whatever you want to do. Um, I'm not going to use your operating system because it's sucked since ten four. Yeah, when they introduced Unity. Yeah, but yeah, if that's that. if that's how you want to make money, go for it. That's a really weird place. That's a really weird integration point. But I mean, you got to pay the bills and right. Well, it's like it's like with uh, uh, Linux Mint. Um, they have a they have a uh, they have like a custom uh, binary of Firefox that's set up so that the default search is uh, goes to uh, like some kind of Google Duck affiliate Duck thing. So uh, so when it um, when when you do a search on on Firefox, it, it will go to this weird search result page that isn't like the normal Google result page. That, and it's that's interesting because I I always wonder why they branded it like that. It, it never made sense to me, and it took for fucking... It's, what really sucks is if you use Chrome and you have uh, browser sync set up, it fucks up everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... And, and I, 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 I was fooling around with it for a while, and I, I figured out that there's no way to change... I mean, the only thing that you can do is you can go in and change like the, the, the search so that if you type something into the search box and your, def your default search engine is then something that you specifically set up but if like 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 Firefox uh, works similar to Chrome in that you can type in a search in the address bar and it'll just by default go to whatever your default search engine is um, actually in Firefox it'll search whatever your search bar is set to I think right except for except for in the instance of Linux Mint where if you type it into the address bar it will always go to the branded Linux Mint Google search results gotcha. which gets them money because it's an affiliate link right so 
uh, that's and and that that was always always upsetting to me. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. But I like these things wouldn't bother me that much, except it seems like they're not thought through very well. Like it's a reasonable expe- expectation that if someone is installing your operating system, an operating system like that, they have things like browser sync set up where it will hose everything. And you you would think that they would have thought that through, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they did, and they just decided that that was a risk they needed to take. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it you know usually when when a company makes a, a decision like this, there's some thought behind it. It may not be good thought, but it's thought nonetheless. And they may have thought that you know putting these these uh, uh, search results in in with the the local search results was going to generate some income for them. And by all means, if if it does, then good on you. But you know if it's if it's somebody like me or you or you know probably a n- great number of people, this is this is something that's going to piss you off. And thankfully, they also included in the settings that you can turn that off so that you don't see that anymore. So I that also makes it, why is this a big deal? Because if I can go and turn it, if I can opt out of this, who fucking cares? If it's a, if it's a thing that I don't like, then I'm going to turn it off. And if it's easy, then all the better. And why should I complain about it in the first place? Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about that. And moving on, we have science news this week. Maybe some science news. And. <laughs> Wrong cue. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so they, they, some people. Um, I don't know who they are. This is this is very quickly turning into the worst story intro we've ever done. Cool story, bro. Um, <laughs> some mice have been genetically engineered to be able to detect explosives 500 times better than normal mice. So. Some researchers that are working somewhere, Hunter's College, <laughs> New York, have hey, you researched this story super good. Yeah, totally. I just didn't have it highlighted. Uh, they inserted a gene into odor-sensing neurons in mice. Uh, basically, what the way this works is is you have these in your nose. You have odorant or you have odorant receptors. So when you smell things, it's called deodorant. Yeah, exactly. Huh. So so when you when you uh, when you smell things, what's happening is there are odorants in the air that uh, they uh, they they bind to these these odorant receptors in your nose, which then auto automatically go into your brain and you go oh that's coffee or whatever it is and you so you detect what the what the odor is um normally the uh the way your, your receptors work is it's like or at least with mice it's it's like you there's a one in a thousand chance of an odorant binding to a particular receptor um so what they've done is they've altered the genetics of these mice such that uh 2000 of the 4000 neurons in the in their uh in the nose are, are actually uh, specifically uh, tailored for the smell of TNT. Interesting. So, so instead of having a one in a thousand chance of being able to detect TNT in the, the air, it's a one in two chance of them being able to smell TNT in the air. So so uh, they had, so these mice are, are incredibly receptive to, to the smell of TNT. Um, however, they have not actually tested whether or not these mice are going to be good 
good for actually rooting out explosives, um, which is something that's going to come in the near future. But, I mean, they know for a fact that these mice can actually detect the TNT a lot better. It's just they don't know how to make it so that they can just take a mouse out in a, in a minefield and say, have at her, kid. And the mouse goes around and goes, hey, here's one. And, hey, there's another one. Gotcha. That's so, interesting. I just, that's, I, that blows me away. It's like, it's like, oh, well, we need to detect, detect TNT. Well, we could build a device or we could just genetically engineer some animal to go find it for us. It's fucking crazy. And uh, they, they talk about the, the training costs of, of animals. Um, and they say that it costs about $12,000 to train a canine to sniff bombs. And it only costs about $2,000 to train a rat. I don't know what these numbers, where they're getting these numbers. I mean, is it just like, you know, you go to a dog trainer and he's like, oh, you get to give me $12,000 or is it, you know, and then you go to the rat trainer and he's like, oh, you got to give me $2,000. Like, that seems like the better deal. Let's genetically engineer these guys and then get that guy to train them. Yeah, uh, I would imagine that that's slightly more complicated than that. <laughs> But, I would hope so. Yeah, plus, if the rat gets it wrong, it's less to clean up. Yeah, totally. Um, also, uh, uh, they're, they're, they talk in this article about how some uh, researchers at the University of Montana uh, trained a hive of honeybees in, into uh, uh, being able to swarm around where there was explosive residue, mm-hmm. and the cost to train them was about $100. And, and so, you know, if you're talking about cost per unit ratio, that's definitely yeah. the way to go. Those are some, like, that's an expensive-ass bee, though. <laughs> Well, it's a hundred dollars to train forty thousand to sixty-five thousand bees. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so that's a cheap ass bee. What's an ass bee? Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't shinny. Uh, Tokyo Super Cool Zombie Cafe for Halloween. There's a, a maid cafe called Shatsikiste. We need Ryder to pronounce that word. <laughs> um, in Chiyoda, Tokyo. Uh, now, first of all, uh, maid cafes are a thing in Japan, apparently. Um, this is just a cafe where everyone's dressed like a maid? Yeah, uh, and they're dressed like a maid, but they also treat you like you are the uh, lord and master of the house instead of just being a, a patron at some weird restaurant. Oh. I, but anyways, this one decided for Halloween they were going to do zombie theme. So, uh, and, and the cool part is, is not just, hey, everybody in here is a zombie maid. It's, hey, everybody in here is a zombie maid. But if you come in every day, they're, they progressively deteriorate as a zombie. That is awesome. So so you go in the first day and they just look kind of pale and maybe they've got a like torn lip or something like that. By the the last day, that's like their face is ripped off and, and they have like no... No uh, irises in their eyes and all kinds of crazy shit, and and it's it looks like it's a pretty sweet idea. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily be uh, uh, hungry after showing up here because <laughs> yeah, this makeup looks like super realistic, and then the yeah. food they have zombie themed food and it looks kind of gross. Yeah, so like they have a drink and I don't know what the drink is, but it looks like there's blood in it. It's just raspberries, and Ooh. then it's got like an 
eyeball on it. No, like, thank you. No, thanks. Or or the uh, the it's called Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, which mm. looks like it's like an omelet, but it's got like blood coming out of it, and then like a hand reaching out from inside of your food. And Go away, hot dog hand. I don't want to eat you. <laughs> Precisely. And that's the rumpus. not really true. He's the king of nerds. You can't not Whedon 